0: This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com slash B-E. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro.
1: My name is Jennifer Cronk from the Assist Learning Podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one.
0: I'm so excited to have Carl Rectanus on the program. Carl is an educator, entrepreneur, and advisor. And as co-founder and CEO of Learn, and education innovation benefit corporation that empowers educators and their institutions to organize, streamline, and analyze educational technology through its research-backed Learn platform, Carl leads schools and districts, states and networks and colleges, universities, in their efforts to simplify ed tech selection, procurement, implementation, and measurement. And I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that mouthful, Carl. So why don't you give your own introduction of you? Uh, that's great. Thank you, Jethro.
1: And, uh, that is a lot of words, but that word salad really translates to, uh, I was a teacher, uh, and administrator here and overseas. Uh, my family are all educators. I've been in the classroom and then actually became a a CFO for schools, uh, because I realized how much our operations and finances impacted what we did in the classroom and since since leaving that I transitioned into starting companies and learn is actually my fourth successful education innovation organization and I've been honored to work with great teams to help you know educators uh, and their partners uh, organize streamline and analyze uh, all of their education technology to make uh, better decisions uh, and expand equitable access uh, for all students, to the technology that works best
0: for them. Yeah, this is one of those uh, one of those topics that I get personally really fired up about because we well, I'll get into that in just a second. <laughs> so awesome. first, however, um, I do want to say that that I did install your uh, the Chrome browser for Learn platform, and it, what it does is when you go to a EdTech company's website if they are in your catalog and you've reviewed them, then the little light lights up and I can see what their grade is. And, you know, it's a, I assume an A through F, I haven't seen any Fs yet, but an A through F and they, and that shows up um, as I go to the website. So can you talk just a little bit about that first? Because just that information, when I get an email from someone out of the blue, yep. toe beneficial just knowing like if I see a, a C minus or a D on there then I'm gonna know that that maybe that's not worth my time so can you talk a little bit about how that process works and how you evaluate and all that absolutely uh, and I'm glad thanks for installing and I'm
1: glad it's useful for those not familiar learn platform is an ed tech management and rapid cycle evaluation system. It is designed for educators uh, and their organizations, their schools and districts and states, to easily organize, streamline, and then rapidly analyze any of their education technology and their interventions. Um, the goal is obviously to improve student outcomes, but also improve budgets. And and frankly, for most teachers and uh, school level administrators we talk to, it's really about saving them time so they can focus on the things that are most important and harnessing their expertise. So, Learn Platform is through the system. We have a product library of over 5,000 different ed tech tools. It's continued to expand, it's the most comprehensive in the country. But uh, if you go into that product library, which is free for individual teachers and principals, it will feel like sort of a research based trip advisor for all the ed tech. We are research driven. Uh, My senior research officer, a guy named Dr. Daniel Stanhope, and I led research that identified the eight most important criteria for teachers when they try, buy, and use these technologies. So uh, essentially, any of your listeners and about 100,000 teachers around the country grade the products in these eight categories, categories like ease of use, alignment with learning standards, content, features, etc. And they share their comments and feedback. So all of the grades you're going to see are all from verified educators who have used those tools. And we've integrated public data on every school in the U.S. So you can actually slice and dice that feedback uh, to see what teachers in schools like yours think, for example. Um, so that's all within the product library and, uh, just about a year, year and a half ago with the relative explosion of Google for education, we created a Chrome extension that is also freely available. You can set it up for an individual, uh, or actually districts can, uh, or a Google administrator can set it up for all their teachers, uh, again, freely available. And anytime, as you described, anytime you visit any of those 5,000 products uh, that are in our product library, it'll light up. And if you click on it, you can see the overall grade provided. Uh, You can also see, so that A through F that you mentioned, you can also see, you know, you can share your experience. You can ask other teachers a question about that product. You know, how do I use this tool with special needs students or what have you? And it directly links into the product library, but saves educators, both administrators and teachers a bunch of time because like you said, when you get that, Call or you see something at a you know a conference or you know that uh, unsolicited email you can go right to the website and you know you've got a place to at least reference and learn more about those tools.
0: Yeah, i I think that it's it's a great idea. And you said that there are eight standards that are yep whatever. I don't remember what the word you used was. I'm sorry, so, but the criteria we use eight criteria. Thank you. Yep. Okay, and so if I go into something and I and I click on grade, then I can see uh, nine actual questions about about what it is, the ease of use, quality of the features, quality of the content, technical merit, et cetera. And, and then there's a few more of those. Mm-hmm. And so being able to grade those and figure that out, which of those though is obviously student learning impact is really important. But if the tool is unusable because it's so clunky or whatever, then then it is not that valuable. So which of the eight is actually the most important? And was it a surprise that it was in your, in your view?
1: Oh, good. Good question. Um, You know, what's been interesting is uh, this is all uh, connected to a teacher and educators experience level and comfort with uh, technology and tools writ large is what we found. So let me explain. When I was um, a school level administrator, I had some teachers who were always eager to pilot, right? They were the ones who were, you know, the four or five folks who uh, wanted to try the new stuff and they were willing to take it on first uh, and give our team candid feedback on if it worked or what was easy or hard to use. Those uh, types of teachers tend to be more comfortable with technology. They tend to focus. Not as much on ease of use. It, it turns out they sort of look past that a little bit more, and they focus on things like content, bugs and glitches, features, uh, alignment with learning objectives. For those principals and teachers who may be, you know, newer to uh, implementing a tool, you know, say they're implementing it for the first time, they ease of use may be much more important for them in that state. But after they've used the system or a new tool for six months. Ease of use gets easier, right? No matter what, just because they're used to it. And things like content, feature set, professional development all become uh, a little more important to them. So when we designed this, that was a little bit of a surprise, but what's been most important is that we can meet folks where they are using this system, no matter where they are, uh, in a way that, frankly, four-star ratings you know, or five-star ratings where everything ends up being four stars... You, you know, was just not useful for teachers. So right. this is a way to be able to, to deliver and, and support educators wherever they were.
0: Yeah, I think that that aspect is really important and recognizing that different people are going to respond differently and being okay with that is is also important. So one of my issues with edtech tech in general is that it isn't always set up to be beneficial. And so, for example, you know, we have a a particular program that we're using for uh, our special ed students for reading, for example, and Mm -hmm. we have a certain number of licenses, but then we have kids in our school who are low enough that they would benefit from that tool as well. Mm -hmm. And they would also benefit from the specialized instruction, but because they don't qualify for an IEP for whatever reason, then they don't get to use that because that is just for special ed students. And that idea, like that's a philosophical idea in your district and all that kind of stuff as well. But then sometimes the pricing structure of ed tech companies is such that it is unfathomable to think that I could, you know, spend six thousand dollars per year for five different solutions that only half of each of my half of my students need at any one time, but they could all cycle through that throughout the year. And it it Mm -hmm. seems that a per seat license could be challenging. And then sometimes a uh, subscription for everybody to have it is, is then too much. How do we, how do we deal with all that stuff? Because that, that's the part that just, that gets on my nerves. I want to be able to like collect all that and, and use what I need when I need it and not, you know, pay too much or, or pay too little for something that a company is producing. That's actually beneficial. Man, we, we hear this all over the
1: country, Jethro you are dead on. And uh, the reality is, we are functioning in, in what is essentially a broken market, right? And it, what economists would call a broken market. And I don't mean that, you, you know, in a derogatory way. But the reality is, you, it's very difficult to purchase, you know, the things that you need in a transparent way. Pricing tends to be lack transparency. And, Ultimately, you know, our slogan is results matter. Uh, And we're talking about student outcomes. But what you outlined includes, you know, you want the best results for kids, but you also have to do that in the context of, you know, how you operate, the operations of the organization and the budget and the the budget realities. So within Learn Platform, uh, actually, you can uh, school level administrators can manage all of their contracts. They can, instead of using shareable spreadsheets or just, you know, uh, file cabinets full of trying to keep it, you know, track of the stuff in their head, uh, they can actually manage those contracts. They can do things like see and share pricing across uh, districts. You know, you can see what others have paid for those tools and uh, you can analyze actual usage, not just teacher feedback, but things like utilization, price, and ultimately, its impact on student achievement using our rapid cycle evaluation. That is designed so that school level administrators and district administrators can have more power when you go into that conversation about what you need to purchase and how many. Let me give you an example. Uh, We published an infographic last year. We started in 2015. We updated in 2017 on the actual use of paid student licenses. And what we found was across paid student licenses for core products, these were textbook replacement, not supplementary tools, only about 9% were utilized to their full fidelity or goal. 9%? Nine, total. Yikes. And, a uh, well, listen to this, over a third are paid for and never used, and almost another 25% are used once but meet zero goals across, this was across half a dozen different products, across about 100 schools and districts, this analysis, and we see this consistently. So from a budget standpoint, almost every school in the country is paying for something and not using it. We are equipping those administrators to understand what, you know, what are we using? What are we paying for? When we pay for it, do we use it? And in which situations does it help kids learn?
0: Yeah. So Carl, see, this is, this is the part that is so frustrating to me. You know, all across the country, we're focusing on personalizing learning and, Mm -hmm. and Heather Staker co-author of blended uh, when I interviewed her, she said that personalized learning is possible in any classroom, but to personalize learning at scale, that's when you do need technology. And so, so if we want to do it at scale, more than just the one teacher's classroom at a time, then we do need to use technology, but then we're not. It sounds like we're not actually doing that. If only nine percent of the licensors are actually being used, that yeah, that's crazy. Well, I think the uh, so there's
1: a couple things going on, and and I'm really glad. Heather's work is great, and uh, her co-authors have done a great job. Big fans of their work, and she's exactly right. You know what. Is important to think about what we talked about was pricing inconsistencies. And, and if you don't, you know, in a market that doesn't have transparency, pricing always suffers. So we are providing a little more pricing transparency. But what we've learned, we've now implemented with, uh, we've got about 4,000 uh, schools using our paid services. We offer both free and, and paid solutions. About 4,000 schools uh, implemented over the last few years. And we have found a consistency when you want to personalize learning at scale. In fact, Jethro, you've probably heard the framework. Uh, It's commonly referred to as uh, forming, storming, norming, and performing. Yes, I certainly have. Right. So that's the Tuckman model for team organizational uh, efficiency and effectiveness uh, forming, storming, norming, and performing. What we found is almost every school and district goes through similar four stages of development to be able to personalize at scale. Heather's work, work like organizations like Highlander and Leap Innovations and others who have uh, the learning accelerator, who have focused on personalized learning in the classrooms or teacher practice, very important work. But if you want to personalize at scale, instead of forming, storming, norming, and performing, what we see is uh, schools start with exploring, right? They start trying ed tech. They've got some teachers who are uh, starting to do that, but it's not part of the process. Then they move into a stage that instead of storming, we call it hacking, Right. Basically people start yeah. doing all sorts of stuff. They're using shareable spreadsheets. Everybody's working with the best intentions, but this is most often referred to as like, it feels like the wild West. That's what we hear from dis- uh, from yeah. district and school administrators. They say, if you ask them like, how are you organized or how are you doing? They say, Oh, it's, it's sort of the wild West. Like we're doing all this stuff and I don't know what pricing is, et cetera. Well, Then they move into a phase. If they organize, they then move into a phase where they start to optimize. They start to optimize on pricing. They start to optimize policies like, you know, are these tools safe and secure for our students? They make it easier for teachers and students. They start to, you know, understand what that pricing is. And then finally, in the performing stage, that's really when you're personalizing at scale, because now they've organized, they've streamlined their processes, and they're starting to analyze consistently. So it's a part of their practice. And so that's how you, you know, those stages of development, almost every district needs to go through. And later, later uh, this spring, we're going to release a self-assessment for any school or district to be able to essentially answer 15 questions to understand where they would be on this personalized learning at scale framework and uh,
0: understand what next steps they can take uh, to move forward. Oh, I think that'll certainly be very handy. I feel like I've been stuck in the hacking stage for, I don't know, about a decade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of us have. And I think, uh,
1: you know, it's only once you start to really drill into this stuff, you know, and see the patterns that our team of researchers and others have started to recognize the good thing Jethro is to understand that we, what we've seen is about 80% of schools are in that hacking phase, right? They've moved on from exploring, they're doing all sorts of stuff, but they haven't quite gotten to the point where they're getting organized. So
0: the good news is Jethro, you're not alone. Uh, most of us have been there. All right. Well, that's good. And, and most of the principals and other people that I talked to are also there. So I, I do feel like that is that's where all my peers are at too. So for me the big thing is I am a steward of public funds. I mm-hmm. want those funds to be used effectively and to really help kids. And so when when we do use something that that doesn't work, then that is that is frustrating or when we pay money for sure. something and we don't use it to the full extent, that is also frustrating. And then of course when we have a initiative and we say this is what we're going to use, and then nobody uses it, mm-hmm. that is also frustrating. So what is your insight as to why so many people are not using those licenses? You know, when I was uh
1: CFO for schools, I was best case scenario, I was using last year's data to think about next year's Students and teachers, you know, and, and basically I was making guesses, right? I didn't have the information in a timely enough way to inform my decisions. I mean, most principals I know are putting together budgets for next year starting in, you know, December and January. Yeah. Maybe they're going right. into February, right? But they haven't even had a semester of use of that tool yet. Well, that's why we created Learn Platform so you can quickly have actual data that can inform, you know, operational and budget decisions as well in the, as instructional practices. So I think one of the things that has been, you know, so confounding to, you know, these challenges you raise is just having the data quickly enough and easily enough to inform those decisions in the time that we need them in a timely enough way uh, to inform those decisions. Because, you know sometimes if if you find out that things aren't working in in a June or July well you've already signed the contract for next year so being able to analyze things like usage price impact on student achievement quickly is really critical both
0: for school level and district uh, level administrators yeah absolutely so this is this has been a great conversation carl the last question that i ask is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I tell you what, there are a couple things that I think are going to be useful, and uh, you can access all of them at learnplatform.com slash resources. We have a free resource center that will include details about uh, the Google Chrome extension that you mentioned. One step they could take is is to turn on that Chrome extension so that they can use it it's freely available through Google. The other thing you'll see uh, at that resource center is uh, our rubric for those eight criteria we talked about. You know, even if you don't use our system, that's a research based rubric that you can share with teachers to help them understand how to analyze EdTech more effectively and efficiently. And then you'll see case studies like the uh, edtech usage infographic, or case studies of other districts uh, and schools like theirs that could be useful. But I would encourage uh, each of them to go to learnplatform.com/resources to access the resource center um, and use what's best for them. And if obviously, if we can be helpful, we would love to.
0: And the self-assessment uh, will be on that page as well, right? Absolutely. We're going through the
1: final stages of the research process to just validate a couple of the questions. Um, and so if you, uh, the best thing to do is to sign up for the newsletter uh, right there, but we will be updating the resource center with that self-assessment uh, this spring as
0: well. Very cool. Well, uh, thank you again, Carl, for being on the on the podcast today. I, I feel like I can get a little better handle on my ed tech stuff. So thank you very much.
1: Hey, Jethro, thank you. This was a blast. Talk to you soon.
0: Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE. To learn how IXL's research proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE.